Thanks, guys. Thanks, Coxie. Um, good morning. How are we doing? <laughs> Who's excited to be here in church this morning? I am having a really great time so far already looking out at all of you and we've got a lot of people here today so extra special welcome to anyone who's a visitor or here for the first time or um, or if you're a super regular welcome to you too um, but yeah welcome to Christian Family Church as Coxie said my name is Sam I'm the youth facilitator here at CFC and yeah I'm really blessed to be able to share a message with you this morning um, I'm gonna pray Awesome. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for uh, this church. I thank you for your body, God, the body of Christ. Um, And Heavenly Father, I pray that you would speak to us this morning, um, that my words would be your words, God, that you would um, lead and guide this message, God, um, and that you would prepare the hearts and the minds of those who will receive this morning from you. Um, But yeah, I thank you for all your blessings in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Awesome. Um, So... If you've been coming for the last few weeks, uh, I think last seven or so weeks to church, you've realised that we're going through a series called The Village um, and talking all about how it takes a village to make disciples and if the body of Christ, if the church is that village, then each one of us is needed, each one of us is required and called to make disciples um, for Jesus. And so this morning... um, I get to talk with you about something very near and dear to my heart, talking about meeting with one another, meeting with other believers, um, and how integral it is to the body of Christ. So this is a topic that I'm super passionate about. Um, And a number of years ago, God God gave me a heart for unity in the church, um, particularly through passages like John 17, if you've ever read that, um, where Jesus is praying. I think the night before, he, he... yeah, the night before he's arrested, or the night he's arrested, and he's praying for unity in the church. He says, "Father, may they be one as you and I, uh, as you and I are one." And if we know anything about unity between Jesus and God the Father, that's a pretty tight bond. And Jesus's heart is that we have we share that same closeness and that same unity. Um, and a huge part of that unity is meeting with one another, being able to go through the Bible together, be able to catch up for a coffee, um, meet together on a Sunday. It's all a part of that unity. So this morning, we're just going to start off taking a bit of a scenic route. Um, So in Psalm chapter 19, verses 1 to 2, if you've got your Bibles, feel free to flick open to that. Um, And it says, I think there's a song quite similar to this too, but it says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of His hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. And so this verse just shows to me how creation, God didn't just put it there to to look pretty. I mean, that's, I suppose, a little part of it. But there's also a purpose behind creation. And we can see around us, I mean, right now we're in a man-made building. But if we were to go out into the world, if you've ever gone and and hiked a mountain, not that I've properly done that, but I've tried, um, or if you've, you know, if you've ever been on a boat going down a river or like seeing the wonders of God's creation, this verse is saying that creation is declaring the glory of God. It's proclaiming the work of his hands. They pour forth speech and they reveal knowledge. So I believe that there are creation, sorry, there are secrets of God's wisdom and nature hidden throughout all of creation. And all around us, 
you can see patterns of God. And so we just need to have our eyes open to that and see, wow, what's, what's one thing that God can teach me today through this four-leaf, oh, three-leaf clover, clover that I've picked up this morning? Like God, God can literally teach us through so many things that we're not even aware of. Um, so let's just have our eyes open to that this morning. So starting with the tree. I love trees. I'm a big fan of trees. I love climbing them. I love, I just love trees. Um, and, <laughs> and so even if we just look at the tree and its structure and how it's built um, just physically, from an ultimate source or from a greater source, the trunk, and I suppose you could say the root system, flow large branches and then from the large branches, they split off and they flow into smaller branches. And then from there, they split into twigs. And then on the end of each of the twigs, we've got leaves. And then even if you study a leaf, you can see um, up close, you can see the intricate details from within that middle line there, which is called the midrib. Um, from the midrib flow veins that kind of go through to each part of uh, the leaf. And basically, at every level of the tree, from the trunk and roots all the way down to the leaf, there are greater parts that flow into less great parts in order to carry the supply of food and water and nutrients throughout for the benefit of the entire tree. And a similar pattern is observed in the human body. Uh, oops. <laughs> um, so for example, the blood system. Blood carries oxygen from the lungs through to each cell in the body. From the heart, it's pumped out uh, through the arteries, large arteries that split it into smaller arteries and then down all the way through to the capillaries, delivering blood and all of the, the things that, that blood contains and carries through to each cell in the body for the benefit of the entire body. And even more systems uh, in the body repeat this pattern in the gut, the hormonal system, but I won't bore you with any more details because I'm not a scientist. But I did consult my doctor sister, um, so, I, so I made sure that I wasn't telling you guys porkies. Um, <laughs> but basically, the point I'm trying to reach is God has a blueprint for how life that he creates works. From a greater source flows rivers into smaller parts. That same blueprint comes into effect when it comes to the body of Christ. That's all of us here this morning and around the world who follow Jesus. It's that same blueprint. So if you've got your Bibles, I invite you to turn to Ephesians chapter 4. And we're just going to read some verses from there. So Ephesians chapter 4 from verse 1 says, As a prisoner for the Lord then... I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. God is our great source. He's the strong trunk. He's the powerful heart. He is over all and through all and in all. Let's continue in verse 11. It says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, 
the, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That's a long sentence, but it's a good one. Um, verse 14 says, Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves. You notice when, when you plant like a little sapling, a little tree, my dad's got a few around our house. He quite often has to have a post next to it because if the wind comes, it can really you know, give a lot of damage to that tree. But as that sapling grows, as that tree grows, it becomes more um, enforced and it's more strong and it doesn't need that post um, and it won't be tossed back and forth and blown here and there by every wind. And so that's God's same desire for us. He doesn't, he doesn't want us to stay um, infants in, in our faith. Um, so we'll, and we won't be blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Verse 15, Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined together, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Who can, who can say amen to that passage? Isn't that super encouraging? Doesn't that give us direction and excitement to be able to work together, build each other up as the body of Christ? So look at it this way. Some of us have oxygen to give. Some of us have nutrients. Some of us have hormones, etc. But each of us have something different to contribute, right, to the body of Christ. But they all need to flow to each cell in the body in order to benefit the entire body. But in order for that to happen, there needs to be a system in place. And so I believe... <laughs> sorry. I believe that that system that is needed to get all those nutrients throughout the entire body is meeting together with other Christians. It's discipleship. Passing on what we know and how God has grown us to the next person and receiving from people around us too. So even just think about it this, this morning, just where you where sat in the church or if you're listening at home, think about how other Christians have fed into your Christian journey. I'm sure there's many of us that can pinpoint um, a specific time or specific people that have um, so greatly influenced our Christian walk, whether it's someone who's led us to Christ or whether it's someone who's assisted us in, in learning new things about the gospel or about just what the Bible teaches. I'm sure there's so many of us that can say, God, I'm so thankful that you use this person or use that person because if you didn't, then I wouldn't have had this revelation. I wouldn't have been able to take this step in my faith. I'm just going to um, revisit verse 16. It says, From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So you'll notice it's talking about unity, joined and held together by supporting ligaments, building itself up in love, not necessarily in our own strength or anything, but in love. Where do we get our love from? Again, not our own strength. We get our love from God, the love that he first pours out into us. As each part does its work. So not just leaving it up to, to the people who look like they have it all together, but each one of us working as a team going, you know what, this is what I can give. It might not feel, seem like much to you, but you give what you have over to God and he multiplies it beyond what you could ever imagine.
It's so important to meet up with other Christians. That's one of the reasons I'm so excited to see all of you here this morning. So for this reason, I want to share um, just my personal journey with discipleship uh, over the last few years in order to encourage, to inspire, and to empower you, the church, to action. So growing up, I've always loved um, talking to my friends about God. I was, I was lucky enough to be born into a Christian family. I've grown up in this church my whole life. I've been coming here since before I was born. Um, <laughs> and, um, and so because of that, I've had a bunch of really close friends um, that I've been able to grow up with and we've kind of almost walked, we, we've walked along each, alongside each other on our, in our Christian journeys. And so I'm super excited to see Eve here. Hey, buddy. <laughs> um, and, and it's been people like Eve and, and Simone and girls around me um, that as I've grown up from a child to a teenager, being able to just chat with them about, oh, God's so cool, isn't he? This is what I read in the Bible or um, sharing with each other questions that we have about the Christian faith or just whatever it might be. I've always loved and been so blessed to be able to share that with my sisters in Christ as I've been growing up. Um, and then when I was about 15, I was in the weeks leading up to uh, getting baptised, I would meet up with Rochelle um, and she went through a, a study with me, um, yeah, just to kind of go through the, the foundations, the basics of, of what it is that I believe in um, as, I'm, as I was about to get baptised. And I used to just so love those times that I would have with Rochelle. I was, yeah, about 14 or 15, I think I was 15 years old. And I would go to her house after school and she would take time out of her day. She would take time out of, out of her life to care for me, to ask me, how's your day going? What are you going through? Um, let's pray together. Let's chat together. Let's see what the Bible has to say. Um, and she would teach me things that she knew that she might not have even thought were that incredible. But for me, because I was... Um, I suppose, less mature, they were just so, um, is delicious the right word? <laughs> I want to say delicious. I'll say delicious. They were delicious for my spirit to hear. Um, and yeah, I was just so blown away and so touched that Rochelle would care for me and she would, um, she put in effort to um, play a role in discipling me. Um, and then later in my teenage years and, and young adulthood, as I became a leader in youth, um, I, would, I began to catch up with girls in the church a little younger than me, um, whether caught up in a group or one-on-one, -on -one, and we would catch up and, and I would kind of get to be Rochelle to them sort of thing. I would get to um, ask them about their day and, and we would pray together and we would chat about what the Bible says. Um, but my first taste of discipling a new Christian came in 2016. And please excuse me as I take a drink. <laughs> so in early 2016, there was this girl that um, started coming along to youth. And I remember, I still remember quite clearly, the first night that she came along to youth, she was wearing a bright orange fuzzy onesie. And <laughs> I remember just looking at this kid going, I have not seen you here before. You are very brave. I remember just looking at her going, this kid has got guts. I really like her. Um, and so after some weeks and months of her coming along to our youth group, Jess gave her life to Jesus. Um, and not only did I care for Jess 
Some of you might know Jess, some of you might not know, but she's one of our awesome uh, youth kids here at, or youth, young people here at um, CFC. And not only did I care for her as one of my youth kids, but on top of that, we also, we formed a friendship. And very soon, quite naturally, my heart for Jess began to grow. She quickly became my little sister, who I felt really protective over, and whose faith I wanted to nurture and grow. So we began catching up, talking about God. Uh, we called this Jedi training, because I was the Jedi who was eager to teach, eager to pass on my knowledge and, and how God has, had trained me. And she was my Padawan, and she was eager to learn and eager to ask questions and learn and grow um, in her faith. Now, one thing that I really appreciate about Jess is that she doesn't hold back with questions. She's, she's a real thinker. She thinks through things, and she would very often just fire so many questions at me. Some of them I could answer quite easily, but quite often... Um, there would be a real hairy question that she would throw at me. And she can agree when I say, um, there's been a lot of times where she's asked me something and I've been like, you know what, Jess, if I'm completely honest, I don't know the answer to that one. So let's, let's see what the Bible has to say together. Or let's go and ask Coxie about that. Or let's, you know, or give me some time and I might be able to get back to you on that one. Um, but the cool thing was... This helped me develop my own faith further because I had that sense of responsibility of if I'm discipling this new Christian, if I'm um, passing on what I know and what I believe down to Jess, then I need to be able to explain my own faith. I need to be able to give a reason. I think there's a Bible verse that says, you know, be prepared to give a reason for your faith. And so working with Jess really encouraged me to do that because it's like, I'm not going to, I don't want to be that sort of person that tells Jess what to believe and you have to do that because I'm telling you to. But no, I want to introduce Jess to the fullness of what it is that we have faith in, who it is we have faith in, why do we do the things that we do, why do we believe the things that we do. Um, and so... Yeah, it helped me develop my own faith further because I had to search for answers too. So when we caught up, we read the Bible, we talked about her many questions. We went through um, a book quite similar to Firm in the Faith that you might be familiar with that had foundational Bible studies. Um, and we just enjoyed one another's company in general. Um, and it might sound like this is a story about me training a younger Christian, but that's not the main point at all. The main point is God used Jess to train me in my ability to disciple someone. Now, if you'd asked me six months prior to Jess that I would be involved in um, discipling a new Christian, I would have laughed in your face <laughs> and I would have been like, I can't do that. There's no way. How scary, how daunting that I would be entrusted to disciple a new Christian, someone who hasn't grown up in the church and what? I'm supposed to be the one to catch up with them and, and teach them new things and, and, um, and be that sort of mentor, be that older sister to them. I would have laughed in your face. But God knew how to get me hooked. And it's all to do with love. There's been so many times, and I'm sure that majority, if not everyone in this room can relate, there's been so many times in my life, whether it's in my Christian journey or whether it's at school or work or just personal life, whatever it is, so many times I've been held back from trying something new because of fear, whether it's fear of failure or just fear of not being good enough or whatever it might be. 
Um, and that was the case for discipling a new Christian for me. But God gave me a heart for young people. I, didn't, I, never, I never sought out the, the role of youth facilitator. I didn't, I didn't chase after that. Um, God kind of, kind of ushered me into that place and he gave me a heart uh, for young people. And he gave me a heart for Jess and a love that surpassed my own fear. A love so strong that it actually overpowered any fears that I had, any worries that I had. So I've been catching up with Jess for over two years now and God has grown me even more and hopefully Jess too. I'm sure. I've, I've seen her grow. She's pretty awesome. Um, but I know that I'm not physically able to catch up with every person that I want to, but I have. God's, God's blessed me even in the fact that I have a role, so I have time to be able to catch up with um, people in my role as youth facilitator. Um, and I've been able to start Jedi training with a bunch of other girls. Uh, and it really has become my passion in life to be able to pretend that like I'm their mum or their really cool big sister. If you ask them, they'll probably say really dorky big sister, but I'm going to say cool. Um, like I love getting, you know, going to the, the school that they school at. What's the word? They go to, thank you. Um, <laughs> going to their school and picking them up and they get to jump in my car. I'm like, how was your day? Um, and we get to drive together, come to church or go out for a hot chocolate or something and we get to talk about you know, talk about their week, talk about the Bible, we get to pray together, they get to ask me questions, um, and I just, I live for it. It's so, it's so amazing that I get to be able to do that with these girls. Um, and God will use the times that I catch up with my girls now to train me to disciple more in the future. Now, this isn't a, um, a look at Sam and, and how well she's doing sort of thing. My heart for today is that you would be encouraged to know that we have a mighty, loving God who empowers us to sharpen one another. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17, is a familiar verse for some of you maybe, says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And uh, we're called to sharpen one, one another in the body of Christ. And you can't sharpen another person. Iron can't sharpen iron if it's not coming into contact, if there's not a little bit of friction. But uh, rather, God's calling us to meet together. As iron sharpens iron, rubs together in the right way, not in a harmful way, um, we sharpen one another in our faith, in our understanding. So looking back on how God has blessed me through discipling my girls leads me to this conclusion. If you're not meeting up with other Christians... You're missing out. Discipling a new Christian in particular is one of the most life-giving things I have ever experienced in my short life. Um, the look on their faces when something clicks and you know that the Holy Spirit has just shifted something uh, into place within their mind. They go from being in the dark on this subject or topic to, oh, wow, I understand that now. It's addictive, absolutely addictive. So, for example, one of the girls that I catch up with, Maddie, um, some of you might know her, uh, we've been catching up and going through Firm in the Faith together. And I think it was one of the, one of the first weeks, either the first or second week, we were going through um, one of the studies and we talked about John 3.16, which is, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Um, and one thing that 
I've picked up on when you're discipling a new Christian, um, it's really important not to assume that they understand everything that you say. Um, and so I was just kind of reading through John 3.16 and I said, Maddie, do you know what uh, the word perish means there? Do you understand what this verse is talking about when it says perish? And she's like, no, I don't think I do. And so then I had the really fun task of explaining what it was to perish and, and hell and all of that. Um, not a very fun task. But she sat there and she listened intently to every word that I said. And then when I was done, she thought a little bit more. And then she was like, cool. And I was just, I couldn't help but laugh. I've never had anyone react to that sort of topic with a cool. And so I did, I laughed a little bit. And then she's like, oh, no, no, no. I'm not saying that, you know, to perish is, is really cool. I'm not saying that, that that's cool. But she said that there was something that, that she had not understood before. And then all of a sudden, she understood. God had brought her a revelation. God had um, deepened, had broadened her understanding. And seeing them grow before your very eyes, I'm sure like parents who have like, you know, biological, who have their own children, you'd be able to relate to this. But it's a similar sort of thing with discipleship because we're, we're the body of Christ, we're the family of Christ. And so we're mothers and fathers and big brothers and big sisters in the faith to each other. And so seeing someone grow in their faith, I'm sure is very similar to having children of your own. Um, it's just indescribable. It's like um, in maths in high school, I loved maths and I was the sort of person that understood it fairly easily. Um, and so a lot of my friends would come to me and be like, Sam, can you explain this to me? Can you explain that to me? And I just, oh, I thrived off this because I got to sit down with them and like teach them step by step. Maybe they hadn't um, understood what the teacher was explaining the first time around. And for me to be able to sit down with them and explain, you know, step by step, break it down. This is what this formula means or whatever. And for them to be listening and then to see that look on their face of, I get it now. Like that to me was so, such an exciting and such an exhilarating feeling. But the thing was, that was, that was where it finished. It maybe helped them get, a, a, you know, one or 2% more in, in their grade, in their scoring for a test or whatever. But with discipleship, with teaching someone about faith, about the gospel, about the Bible, about Jesus, it's for eternity. That's, that's an everlasting treasure that will never, that will never um, rot, that moths will never destroy. Um, it's, yeah, it's indescribable. So I'll, I'll just, I just want to share with you something that blessed me greatly. I've shared this with my youth team, um, so they might be sick of me saying this, but um, there was one day after catching up with Maddie, I was driving her home and then we were in a I'd parked my car in her driveway about to drop her off and she was just kind of sitting there and she was just reminiscing over the time that she's been coming along to youth. She's been coming for a few years and she was just thinking um, about how, what'd she say? She's like, when I first started coming to youth, um, the reason that I was coming was so that I could have something to do on a Friday and now I have something to do for the rest of my life. And I remember just sitting there going, that is the coolest thing I think I've ever heard, my goodness. And it was just like, it's, oh, there's, God gives us so much joy when we meet with one another. God gives us so much joy when we take a step of faith, when we do something that maybe scares us a little bit, but something that he's calling us into. He'll take our, our loaves and, and our fishes and he'll feed the 5,000. He, he'll feed the 10,000 with it. And the joy that, that we get 
in turn, as, as a reward, you might say, it's just, it so outweighs uh, any fears that, that we might have. It's so cool. <laughs> Amen. Um, now, it's important to note that discipleship, for me, um, discipleship is not about being a saviour to my girls. Jesus has already done that. The burden is off me. Because if, you're, if you feel like you need to be someone's saviour, um, then that's going to place way too much burden on your shoulders. But rather, we're vessels for God, okay? We're, there's a song that sings about broken vessels. We might not feel like we've got it all together, but God desires to use us as vessels to carry out his work, to spread the nutrients around the tree, around the human body, around the body of Christ. Um, discipleship is about being driven, oops, sorry, being driven by love and in obedience to God. It's the same with any sort of meeting together with other Christians, whether that's church here on a Sunday or a life group or having coffee with someone, whatever that might look like. But discipleship is out of a heart of love, in obedience to God, enjoying the blessings of meeting together and being sharpened in our faith as we go through life together. It's about passing the nutrients along the branches, along the twigs and through to the leaves. It's about, it's about taking what God has, has grown in us, what other people have fed into us and growing from it in our, in our own walk, in our own person and then being able to share that with others. We, we don't want to be, become obese Christians and just be fed into and fed into and fed into but then never share it. We need to be able to exercise. We need to be able to pass that on to the next person. Um, and being encouraged by a new believer, growing in their faith is one blessing. And there's a, another blessing entirely with meeting with those who can disciple you. No matter how long you've been a Christian, we never outgrow the need for being fed into. We never outgrow the need for being sharpened in our own faith. It's so important to have a place where you can go that you feel safe to ask the big questions. Um, I remember when I was uh, growing up in youth, I, I had this idea that because I had grown up in church and because I'd been a Christian since I was a young child, I thought that I had to know all of the answers already. And so if there was ever a time where... I didn't quite understand something, whether it was about like the gospel or about something in the Bible or whatever it might be. Um, I had this idea that I should already know that. And so I almost felt ashamed that I didn't know certain things. And that shame kind of turned into fear and it would prevent me from asking um, someone to teach me on that. And I suppose as I've grown older, God's shown me that that's a fear that's not from him. Um, and I just want to take a moment this morning to encourage if there's anyone who's ever felt like that or whoever does feel too scared to ask someone, hey, I've never understood this about Jesus. I've never understood this about the Bible. Can you teach me that? If there's a fear that's holding you back, that's not a fear from God. That is a fear from the enemy who wants to cut off your growth, who wants to um, stop you from, from growing, from receiving nutrients from brothers and sisters around you. So don't be don't be afraid because if, if we're letting that fear block us, then we really, we're not going to grow because we're not going to reach out um, and ask to, to be taught. Um, so discipleship, meeting with, with, with one another, going through life together, 
It's not always sunshine and rainbows. Um, when you care for someone, it can be all too easy to feel pain when they are going through pain. Um, and there are so many things that can be considered difficult. Um, there's so many things that are just outside of our control and we want to be able to fix them. We want to be able to patch up the holes and you know, send someone on their way singing and praising and being happy and joyful 100% of the time. But the reality is that's not what discipleship is about. Discipleship is about being used by God because Jesus is their saviour, as I said before. And so when things get tough, when you're walking through, some, uh, through life with someone who's having a rough go, love has to be the driving force and God has to be our rock. That's the way that God intends the church to be. So 1 Corinthians chapter 17 says this, If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. We must be driven by love. We can't be driven simply because you might feel powerful or you like being an authority figure in someone's life and, and so you feel that power when you get to disciple someone. But we need to be driven by love with a heart of, of, of being a servant because that's what Jesus came to do. Jesus came not to, serve, not to be served, but to serve. He came to lay his life down, and we're called to follow him in that. Um, so we must be driven by love in everything that we do. So my final word for you today is to consider it. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 to 25 says, I've missed it on there, have I? <laughs> Let us consider how we may spur one another onto love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Consider how you may spur other believers on towards good deeds as we meet together, as we encourage each other. Ask, ask God for a heart for the church. Ask him to grow your heart, to change your heart, to prune you, to prune things off that um, don't belong there. Surrender yourselves to him and he will do a good work in you. He will, he will complete a good work in you. Um, invite someone over for lunch. Um, just Maybe you can just start chatting with, with someone that you're already close friends with. Maybe it's a spouse, maybe it's a family member, friend. And say, hey, can we, um, can we catch up, go through Firm in the Faith together if you're not already? Um, but let the love that God gives you for the church overtake your fears. Christ must be at the head of our unity. The love and life he pours into us, we pour into others. So I'm going to ask the band to come up. Um, and yeah, I, I want to encourage if, if there's anyone that would like prayer this morning, whether they'd like prayer um, for God to change their heart or a prayer to overcome any sort of fear that might be holding you back, um, I'd really encourage you to come down the front and, and we'd really love to pray for you. Um, but yeah, we're going to sing a song. I think it's Reckless Love again. And let's... 
yeah, <laughs> let's get excited and let's sing about this reckless love that God first gives to us so then we can pour out into others. So thanks, band. Thanks for that 